California Energy Markets is the premier source of independent news and information on the electric and natural gas sectors in California and the Southwest. Published weekly by NewsData since 1989, California Energy Markets covers energy policy, resources, markets, infrastructure, and other vital topics. Thousands of energy professionals rely on CEM to help them better understand and navigate these dynamic energy times. Visit newsdata.com to find out why and start your subscription today. Again, that's newsdata, one word, dot com. Welcome to Newsdata's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow. Hello, I'm Dan Catchpole, reporter with Newsdata's Clearing Up. And with me is my co-host and editor of Newsdata's California Energy Markets, Jason Fordney. We're here with some of the latest stories we've been working on. Jason, though, first, how are you doing this week? I'm fantastic, Dan. How are you? You have a good weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, didn't really do anything that spectacular. Went to a few kids' soccer games. Um, actually, wait, what am I talking about? I went to the last Mariners game of the season last year with my daughter. My, nice. uh, yeah, my my son and I went to the game on Thursday night where they had a late inning a walk-off rally, actually, to come back from Texas and then blew out Texas the next day and then folded on Saturday to make, uh, yeah, to end the season and uh-huh. eliminate themselves from the postseason. But uh-huh. it was still a great game on Sunday. Mariners won, won nothing. There's always nice. next year. It's a good father, father-daughter activity. Yeah. Yeah, she she's really into it. I love, we both love baseball, so. It's a good day. Excellent. Of course. So what's going on this week in Western power news? Well, uh, California independent system operator, also known as Kaiso, uh, officially confirmed that they are delaying the launch of their long awaited extended day ahead market from 2025 to 2026. And they also, uh, that came out, uh, amidst a, wave of comments on the EDAM proposal, uh, which they filed with FERC. Uh, so I've got a story on that. And then actually, that's it for me today. It's a pretty sh- small day, small day, short day, short story list, but a big story. So I didn't want to cry it out with other stuff. Now, you've got yeah. some news from Colorado and uh, another Westwide story. Yeah, I'll be talking a little bit about transmission, new report from Grid strategies talking about how the, as we all know, a pressing need for new transmission nationwide, but there's several new projects that could interconnect and increase renewables. Then a little bit from Exo Energy of their $15 billion clean energy investment planned story from Abigail Sawyer this week. All right. Well, I'll uh, get a start here with the Kaiso delay. So the, so yeah, uh, Elliot Mainzer mentioned at the Board of Governor meeting on September 21st, which actually you keyed me into because uh, I was covering yeah. these comments coming back. And he said, hey, by the way, you might want to go watch this. So mm-hmm. he made a comment about uh, having to delay the launch from 2025 to 2026. Right. I talked to one of their spokeswomen who was confirmed it that it is the plan. And it's basically what, uh, according to... Kaiso and Pacific Core, uh, two of the inaugural partners for launching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just very technically complicated. 
and was going to take a little bit longer than they had initially hoped. Now, the other, the third member that's going to be starting this market out uh, with Pacific Core and Kaiso is the balancing authority of Northern California, which includes like Sacramento and a bunch of other or uh, utilities. They said, you know, their plan all along was 2026. So this wasn't a change for them. But Pacific Core and Kaiso, they kind of tried to downplay it a little bit. But, you know, initially when they launched this, they were talking about 2025. And when they filed with FERC in August, they also said, can you approve this by December 21st so that we can go ahead and launch in 2025? Well, a month Mm -hmm. later, they're now saying, no, actually, we're going to do 2026. Yeah. So apparently between August and September, they figured out that it's going to be a lot more technically, <laughs> technologically complex. Apparently. I, I, you know, I, I imagine it's just different entities moving at different speeds and, you know, the filing gets done and they got the input probably a few months ago and weren't updated perhaps, or maybe there's something more, but I'm sure, uh, you know, I know you, myself and Abigail will certainly be digging into it, but in terms of the comments that came in, um, yeah, they, the vast majority of them, there's about 40 comments, I think just under 40 comments that came in. The majority of them were very positive, saying, FERC, please approve this. This is great. The most strenuous objections and concerns came from Bonneville Power Administration, a few Arizona utilities that filed collectively, and a couple of the independent power merchants who uh, filed comments. And the concerns really uh, revolved around things that we've heard. You know, th- these are not new concerns, but yeah. uh, governance being a huge one, independence from California, uh, as I'm sure listeners are well aware by now. The California governor appoints Kaiso's board members. Kaiso will still control the day ahead market, even though it's the extended day ahead market. They've proposed doing kind of a joint authority thing like they did with the energy imbalance market, the EIM or Western Energy Imbalance, WEIM, where it's got like an independent board, sort of, but the board ultimately is still controlled. So there's like the independent board oversight of the EIM, but it's still ultimately controlled by Kaiso, and you can better explain that than I can. But um, they, they had proposed something like that, but uh, as BPA mentioned in their comments, so like, look, it says in the in like the creating the statutes and codes creating this that uh, the board of governors for Kaiso is specifically required to consider the interests of California consumers and ratepayers when taking action. Mm-hmm. Kaiso attorneys have said, hey, that's not really the case. BPA's response was like, that's great. That's how you interpret it now, but yeah you're asking us to throw in 60 to 80% of our, you know, daily load into this market and who's to say interpretations won't change. Uh, Transparency transparency was another concern raised by uh, several entities, especially the Arizona utilities, um, which are some of the biggest ones in Arizona, Arizona public service, salt river project, Tucson electric power being the uh, major ones, Arizona electric power cooperative, uh, also, UNS Electric. Anyways, they uh, raised concerns with just the transparency of the process and also how quickly it was moving forward and how uh, the timing, the proposed market mechanism, like the timing of it but for day ahead bids and everything, how it doesn't sync well 
with uh, operations for natural gas plants. And it's going to basically put natural uh, operators of natural gas plants in a really difficult position of not really having much clarity when they're going, uh, when they're putting in orders that for the next day to say, here's how much gas we need in our system. That's kind of the short of it. So, you know, there's some very real and pressing issues overall, though, the vast majority of comments were positive. Um, I think there was one independent power merchant that uh, asked FERC to reject it. And that was the only uh, one that came in negative. All the others said, hey, this is either this is great, please pass it, here's why, or even with like BPA in Arizona, where they made it pretty clear they've got some serious issues with it. They still weren't saying FERC should reject it. They're just saying, but they were saying, hey, this stuff needs to be addressed. Yeah, this thing has so much momentum and has so many stakeholders involved already. You can't see that many saying, hey, don't don't approve this. Although I know there have been concerns raised about uh, the sort of speed imp- implementation, as mentioned here, very complicated uh, technical integration for all these resources, the new market and how that will all work. So I don't, I don't see it getting any more simple anytime soon, but uh, yeah, <laughs> no. some valid concerns there. Yeah. And I don't know w- what the mood is among other EDAM participants about the delay. Uh, I assume they want Kaiser to take the time to get it right. You would hope. Yes. And uh, yeah, already at FERC, as you said, and they did ask for expedited approval, but Apparently that will not be as urgent now. So when they did file, yeah, I haven't. I, I did not get any word as to whether or not that will affect how FERC moves forward with this. Yeah. Okay. And of course, simultaneous to filing the day ahead uh, the EDAM, we also had the filing of the day ahead market enhancements. What you said in your story here didn't get quite as much attention. Uh, but a few entities here asking FERC to make changes to the imbalanced reserve project product, specifically $55 per megawatt hour bid cap. But yeah, um, those two proposals together, quite a, quite a massive undertaking. Yes. And if EDAM is proposed or if they're both approved, the day ahead market enhancements will roll into extended day ahead market. Yeah. Apply but yeah, that. still, ultimately, there's just not as much interest, not as much focus on the the dame, the day ahead market the enhancements. Uh, I yeah. guess we'll call it the dame. Yeah, that's that's what they call it. In the <laughs> they've got e dam and dame in the um, in the filing, yeah. which I, it's it's not confusing for us at least. We live in acronym <laughs> world. Oh, God, please don't get me started. <laughs> All right, so what's going on with Excel out in Colorado? We got a big, uh, big number here, big dollar number in a, in a headline. Yeah, it's fifteen billion dollars. This is uh, Colorado's largest utility, Excel Energy, hopes to double its renewable energy resources with a fifteen billion investment in twenty-two new projects. These are aimed at increasing wind, solar, and storage generation. Also, some new transmission, biomass, and natural gas resources. This is XL Energy Colorado. 
It said its preferred plan, filed, which this was followed with the Colorado Public Utilities Commission September 19th, would add 6.5 gigawatts of renewable energy resources and take advantage of $10 million in tax credits associated with the Inflation Reduction Act. This plan was submitted along with several alternatives, as this is done, uh, Excel's Electric Resource and Clean Energy Plan 120-day report. This would also close Excel's last remaining coal-fired resource in Colorado by 2030 and exceed the emission reduction target of the state by 80% by 2030 compared with a 2005 baseline. PC will, of course, evaluate the plan and will select an option from these portfolios in late 2023. And then we're looking at an annual average rate impact of 2.3%, which is about 10 bucks in monthly bills for Colorado customers. From 2017 through 2021, wind farms on Excel's Colorado system saved customers 700 million in avoided fuel costs and tax credits. That's what the utility said. So yeah, it's a pretty big investment here. Uh, looking at 3,400 megawatts of new wind, 1.9 gigawatts of solar, 1.1 gigawatts of new storage, 19 megawatts of biomass. And then um, and that plan to retire the 440 megawatt Hayden generating station. Yeah, that is, is uh, amazing that it, that all still only 2.3% annual increase on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that for the for the same timeline as the investments or just were they just talking about like the next couple of years um you mean for the the pay the the rate increases rate yeah increases they didn't they didn't give a, a range i don't they probably you know parsed it out over that entire time um and that'll, that'll be like amazing if they can invest 15 billion dollars um yeah. but presumably like the upside on savings like with the player we talking about with the wind um yeah you know will offset a lot of that investment uh and ratepayers won't have to pick up the full tab sure yeah fuel costs and associated efficiencies the new transmission but yeah good yeah. story there from uh abigail sawyer friday cem go xl now of course what we need more of to move those renewables around is transmission, which, oh, yes. and if I recall correctly, you guys have a story about the need for transmission. Yeah. This is from Linda Daly Paulson. It's the new grid strategies report released earlier this month, noting that new and updated transmission is a pressing nationwide need. However, the study shows there are several major projects in the planning stages that can interconnect and increase renewable capacity. These projects could add 700 million megawatt hours of wind and solar to the grid, which is still a small proportion of the amount that will be needed by 2050. This is according to grid strategies. There's a total of 36 ready-to-go projects in the United States, which could add almost 10,000 miles of high-voltage lines, interconnect roughly 187 gigawatts of new renewables, and create about 3.3 million jobs. If all these projects were to come online, they would conservatively increase the current amount of U.S. wind and solar by 87% at a projected cost of slightly more than $64 billion. Ooh, big numbers. The report's authors yeah. examined 60 large-scale regional or, or interregional 
projects of 345 kV or greater. Also looked at underwater or underground transmission. Ready to go projects are defined as, quote, high voltage transmission projects that are ready to begin construction in the near future, including some regional project portfolios comprised of multiple individual projects, unquote. Some of these have uh, gotten some uh, key regulatory approval. Uh, so, yeah, these projects across the nation. Um, I guess this follows a 2021 report that identified 22 ready-to-go projects. Of those, 10 are under construction. One of those can being the coal strip line connecting Montana to the Pacific Northwest, an upgrade. Um, BPA included its part of the coal strip transmission system upgrades as a scenario in a sensitivity analysis in its transmission upgrade cluster study. So yeah, um, yeah. and if we don't bring this on, among the consequences of failing to bring on more transmission is higher energy costs. Quote, American consumers pay billions of dollars per year in higher electric bills because transmission congestion chokes off access to lower cost sources of electricity, unquote. That's from the grid strategies report. Congestion costs in the US have nearly doubled since the previous report was established in 2021. And with okay. that in mind, the uh, I actually just got an email just a little bit more than an, just over an hour ago. This is Monday. We're recording this Monday afternoon. So yeah. the Western Power Pool, uh, which is the entity that created the Western Resource Adequacy Program, also known as RAP, mm -hmm. uh, just announced today an initiative that they're kicking off. So another acronym to remember here uh, to create a an actionable transmission plan to support the needs of the future energy grid in the west so they're calling this effort the western transmission expansion coalition so wow. w tech all right speaking of acronyms we have a new one yeah there you go uh so it is i'll be writing that up for this week's uh issue but uh right. you know they got rap going so maybe they can get some transmission built too Yes, yeah, sorely needed, a big topic right now, and a lot of different factors in play, including supply chain, I'm sure. It's a yeah, big one well, right that's now. in play with everything now, isn't it? Yes, yeah, sure is. <laughs> all right, yep. well, that's all for me, Dan Catchpole. Thank you for listening, as always. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Energy West is edited by our colleagues at Pioneer Utility Resources and Lucky Sound Studios. You can find me on X or formerly known as Twitter. I'm at DCatchpole and clearing up is at CU News Data. Yes, check out our feed on X. We are at CEM News Data. That is the California Energy Markets account. I have my own account at Fordney Energy. Please check it out. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you back here next week.